Hello, San Luis Obispo. Welcome to episode four of the San Luis Obispo podcast. On this week's episode, we talked to a lifelong entrepreneur and local legend, KJ. Also known as the Rooted Yogi, KJ is a yoga enthusiast whose entrepreneurial genes brought her to San Luis Obispo, where she amassed a following of nearly 16,000 people. Today, she shares with us some of the tips to successfully build a personal brand and how to use the powers of social media to your advantage. She's a natural-born teacher, and she utilizes those skills at Spark Yoga as one of their top instructors. As well as being a Lululemon ambassador, she also leads women's retreats to help women in the slow community to empower themselves to the fullest. This is KJ. This is Sam Lewis of Podcast. Featuring locals, legends, and leaders. Welcome to Slow Pod. Like, I think San Luis Obispo is kind of almost on its way to, like, becoming a yoga uh, location. Yeah. You know, like, kind of like, I know there's, like, swamis down in San Diego. And, I mean, there's one, I mean, look around. You could go out and do gorgeous yoga in a gorgeous right. place. There's so many people like you, like me, like Emerson, that are just down to earth, enjoy doing that sort of thing. Right. And, I mean, I think, like, that's probably what they're kind of aiming at too right exactly is it yoga based or is it it's not yoga based it's um yeah what do you do at a retreat because i've never any, been to one i mean any they're open right now like for example subsessions um i she i'm the yoga manager for subsessions and she jesse has wanted to connect with subsessions and ended up meeting nick quatley i don't know if you know who he mm-hmm. is a grocery well. outlet like mm-hmm. nothing's random though i don't believe in accidents and just like the connections that are being made and we had set up like a mini festival in june i don't know if you guys know dante marsh but it was going to be with dante and what know. was the what was the festival so music and did it have, um, have a name or it was it was called dante marsh uh no so dante <laughs> marsh is a local musician okay you guys need to he, he'd be, be a good cool one guy. to connect oh 100 yes we were saying, i feel cool like to bring, you would bring some people with instruments in would be cool kind no, of just... oh my gosh you know drake freeman yeah yeah so he plays with dante okay i feel like you would if you saw dante yeah, you'd probably, probably know who he is i've been i've been locked inside for a long time yeah no <laughs> <laughs> we all have um anyways so Jesse would love to have little music festivals and figure out a way to have like 100 to 200 people on the property. It'd be very like intimate. You'd have to figure out parking and a way to um, shuttle people in. Yeah, it's in the process. Yeah, yeah, everything I think is in the process. Like they're just open right now. Hey, let's get together. Let's shoot around ideas. Let's see what sticks. Let's see what we can do. The thing that we were going to do in June is now going to get pushed back. So I was going to lead a hike and yoga on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. It was cool. just going to be an overnight camping thing. Um, and that's something that I'm going to be doing for them is leading private hikes and private yoga sessions for people who stay on the property. So that can be part of, hey, you're camping for a couple of nights. Do you want to do a hike or a private-led yoga session? Yeah, KJ. Totally. the full retreat. Mm-hmm. Like people like you are when to throw these events. It's been really yeah. cool. And even like when um, 
what when Shebang first started, how it was yes. up in the grade last year. There were some of like the uh, the campouts up there, right? Of, like the little really micro underground little like music renegade. Scenes. Yes, and it's cool. <laughs> I've seen that grow into people like you are trying to like. Same with sub-sessions, trying to really turn this into something that's real, real. Yeah. To where adults can go, you know? It's like, exactly. It's like when we were uh, in high school, it was, sorry for all the high schoolers out there, I'm about to <laughs> blow it up. Um, but everyone knows about it. It's basically called the grade party. And so every year, the senior class at um, Slow High, the night before graduation practice, they all go up to that same spot uh. in the grade and they just have so a big old party that everyone in the entire class is welcome to. Yeah. Um, I was actually up there literally two look days at ago. Look at this. This is background. And, uh, it's like the same spot. That was from our... Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. I was up there two days ago, like just watching the sunset with my girlfriend. And you, like you were saying, people want to get outside right now. Yeah. I kid you not, every single turnout had some sort of car, camper, camper van. Like everyone was up. There was like probably 200 cars along the road up there, that dirt road. Just camping. And that speaks to just, what San Luis Obispo is. It's just this place that has all this infinite gorgeous space that yeah. you're allowed to go be in. It's not like it's all like built up and you can't gated places. You can't go here. You can't go here. It's like, dude, there's mountains out there. You want to go in the mountains? Go for it. And it's gorgeous. This is a really special place. Right before quarantine happened, uh, my friends Alex and Sean. So Alex is Knock Knock Music. Sean, Shooters Beats, both like incredible musicians, DJs. They threw a little renegade to celebrate Alex's birthday up there on the grade. And it was one of the nights where it was cold, it was raining. And this just goes to show the level of commitment of the people on the Central Coast that no matter what, we're going to send it. I mean, they had easy ups. They had a little yurt. Like, people were up there, and it was such a fun night. Yeah, I mean, that's like the first shebang I went to when it was up in the grade. It was pouring rain. And yeah. it was so much smaller. Like, same with that, to see that to grow what it's like. Shebang, I say, five years oh yeah years. it's gonna be a legit festival well so i it's already, uh, it's already, it's already i don't know legit. if you know but i lead yoga for shebang yeah. and i yeah i can't even remember how i connected with carson that actually led me to meeting wes sub sessions was at a shebang um it's just so cool to see the connections but carson actually moved back from colorado to santa barbara to help grow shebang mm-hmm. so there are big things to come for shebang obviously got canceled this year But um, that's what I'm all about. Like, as much as I feel Costa Rica is calling my name and it'd be amazing to host a retreat there. About four years ago, I um, it just it was funny. One night, my friends and I were throwing around names. I wanted to think of just a name for myself to brand myself, put myself out there as far as yoga and events go. And we were just throwing around like really funny names and just seeing what would stick. And then I woke up the next morning. Nighthawk. Yeah. (laughs) Nighthawk yogi. (laughs) I was like the rooted yogi. Oh, is that where that came from? Yeah. Yeah. It just like it was put on my heart. I remember texting my friend Savannah. She owns Anahata Ray. She makes jewelry. Someone just I admire and just value her feedback and said what do you think she's like I love it and so rooted yogi really stems from rooted in my faith my family my community San Luis Obispo and as much as I would love to do larger events and I do see that in the future I really want to build even a stronger connection rooted into this community Mm -hmm. because like you said um, it is only growing 
And it's not like I have this need to like, hey, look at me, be famous. But I do have a desire to do large events because I feel like um, when you do, you're able to just encourage more people to love themselves, more people to get moving, no matter what that looks like. Yeah, and I think that's a good position for you because you offer that value. I mean, for me, every time I've talked to you, you've made me feel good about myself and want to go do more with me. No, seriously. (laughs) And just to get outside and connect with nature. And um, I grew up not liking nature. That's kind of a funny story. Wow. I told my dad at one point, I don't do nature. (laughs) And now I could live outside. Where'd you grow up? So I was born in Massachusetts and then lived in Connecticut until fourth grade. And then my family, I have three younger brothers and we always wanted a swimming pool. And in Connecticut, not many people have uh, built in swimming pools. They have the above the ground pools. They sat us down there like, remember how you always have wanted a swimming pool? And we're like, what? And mind you, my brothers and I, my parents had four kids in five and a half years. So I know, right? And I'm the oldest. Really busy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my brothers are amazing men. Anyways, and they're like, no, we're moving to California. My brother Matt and I, so he's the one right below me, we just burst into tears. And then I remember my youngest brothers, Tim and Pete, just like running in circles. They were so excited. But we moved to Fresno, um, of all places, and not to talk smack on Fresno, but it was not somewhere that I wanted to spend my whole life. Not really the California um, dream in Fresno. Yeah. I mean, I when you picture, so if you don't live in California, and I don't know if you guys have traveled and experienced this, first of all, when people know that you're from California, usually they're like, oh my gosh, you're from California. You, you end up being like the coolest person in the room. Not, Naturally. Not saying that I am <laughs> at all. It's just like people like... Uh, yeah. have googly eyes for California and then I pictured the boardwalk and people just like roller skating down the boardwalk <laughs> like we literally talked about that on the last episode we we're like California holds weight like people it does don't like come here from the east coast like we're the guy who was on last week James he was like if you're on the east coast you go to Florida and it's like yeah. California's this sort of like mystical place for the entire like world LA. too but it yeah. really yeah. is like, like people pack up their cars and like move cross country <laughs> for the California dream yeah, I, I did a like a one year or three month like gap year where I traveled around the U.S. Okay, and basically like just met people just for like three months. Just out, of, out of a forerunner, yeah, out of a forerunner. Nice. Yeah, I love my forerunner to death. Yeah. His name's Liz. Um, his name his is name's Liz. Liz. Her name is Liz. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, I need to name my forerunner. Okay, it's, that's something. It's my do. favorite car ever, but. Basically, like, everywhere I went, they're like, oh, where are you from? Like, California. And, like, I didn't realize that people are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> California. <laughs> it's Ooh. crazy. They it, literally, like, for them, it's something foreign. It's like totally. a different country over here. It really, it really is. I mean, <laughs> I can just attest place. to that, like, growing up on the East Coast. And then, yeah. So I ended up, we talked about San Diego. I moved to San Diego immediately after graduating high school. I was what like, part? peace. <laughs> Pacific Beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> high school. Let's go to college. Exactly. <laughs> Did not take my SATs. Knew 100%. I just wanted to go to junior college and party. Um, and yeah, my college story is a bit sorted. Uh, but I, um, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been an entrepreneur for about 16 years. I did. That's one of the things I want to talk to you on this. So cool. keep going. Keep going. Cool. So 
I come from a family. My mom, my mom was a nurse, but she stayed home with my brothers and I growing up while we grew up. And then my dad um, has a degree in English and a doctorate in theology. My dad's a pastor. And then my three younger brothers all went to Westmont College, graduated summa cum laude. Is that how you even say that word? And then um, my youngest uh, brother, doctor of physical therapy. My oldest brother, right below me, Matt, just got a master's um, in leadership. My middle brother, Tim, he's an entrepreneur also. So I was kind of the black sheep, self-proclaimed, pretty proud of being the black sheep of the family, but really struggled just because I I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and we have three daughters. They're all teenagers now, but that was definitely not my calling. Um, so I, I did get an AA from Mesa College, transferred to San Diego State, and then uh, my um, previous partner and I decided to move to San Luis Obispo in 2002. What brought you guys here? We needed to get out of San Diego. Uh, we got married really young, and we were both bartenders. Uh, he had gra- he graduated from San Diego State, and I was trying to get done with school, and we just felt like if we stayed there that um, it wouldn't be good for us. Yeah, you need to switch it up. Yeah, so we followed uh, his parents here, actually. They moved here, and we followed them here, sight unseen. I had never hung out in slow, which is crazy because a couple of my best friends. Sight unseen. You sight came unseen, it. totally. I knew came here nothing like, about San Luis Obispo. But then you're like, I don't like nature. <laughs> and, and, like, it was a very hard adjustment. Found out we were pregnant with our first daughter a couple weeks after we moved here, which wasn't a surprise, but it was just a lot at once. Yeah, I can um, imagine. A lot of change at once. New city, especially from San Diego. That's a big totally. change. Totally. Like, a small town, and then I was around the same age as a lot of, like, young college students or, like, newly graduated, but in this totally different stage of life. So I had a really hard time fitting in and kind of, like, finding my tribe, if you will. Were you doing yoga in San Diego or did you No, start I never here? actually practiced no yoga in San Diego. I and surfing too. I had a panic attack the first time I tried to surf. I was like and I lived a block from the ocean. Oh my gosh. Anyways, it's all about timing. But I started my yoga practice when I was pregnant with my first daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually this space that we're holding this podcast was where Slow Yoga Center used to be located. And I would ride my bicycle sometimes to yoga, wow. not as I got bigger, I don't think. And so you started practicing in the same facility. Exactly. Was it out wow. of having or being pregnant that you decided to start yoga? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, prenatal yoga. Yeah. So that was my first introduction to yoga. And then I practiced yoga a little bit in my third pregnancy, not so much in my second just because I had my, my our, our older two daughters are very close in age. Mm-hmm. Um and then it wasn't until I tore my ACL and meniscus for the second time playing soccer. So I was a soccer player. Yeah. It was January 2012. I tore it for the second time and then had surgery in March 2012 and started yoga in June 2012. So more to um, – I was doing physical therapy, but it was more to uh, just stabilize, you know, create mobility, stability, all of that. Hmm. And then it was in, I would say, 
think it was about November 2016 that I started becoming more consistent with it. So this mm-hmm. is pretty recent. This is like relatively fresh, your like true Com- immersion into yoga. Completely. That's if awesome. you had even like, told me, I've been teaching now a little over three years. If you had told me, you know, five years ago that this would be my career path and what I'd be doing for a living, I wouldn't have seen it. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think that's the sweetest thing about life, especially those of you young listeners listening to this podcast, um, to encourage you, you don't have to have it all figured out. And I think we have this mindset that life needs to be linear. And because I go to college for this, I need to be doing this. And I think when we free ourselves from that and we just open ourselves up to the possibilities and knowing that we never stop learning and growing, you just never know what will happen. Like back to my college story I and moving here, um, sometimes I go ADHD on conversations. No worries. <laughs> on life uh but I tried to get into Polly and Polly was like nope denied and so I wrote a letter of hardship basically telling Cal Polly that my college dream will completely die if they don't let me in sob story I'm pregnant this is my only opportunity so Cal Polly wrote it while you were after you moved here yeah exactly so I was pregnant with Zoe and yeah you were applying for a master's there no to finish my BA when I left San Diego State I had 13 classes left to graduate when I got here Cal Polly they wrote me back and said take five classes at Cuesta. They gave me the, sp- the specific classes they wanted me to take, and then they would reconsider me. Wow. And I took three of the five classes, wrote another letter of hardship, and they said, okay, you're in, but you have to go winter quarter. And I had an eight-week-old baby at that time, so I took one class at Cal Poly. It was interpersonal communication. It was a great class, but it was really hard. Um, I was tired. I had a baby. And I ended up saying, I can't do this right now, which was really hard. I'm the type of person where follow through is very important to me. If I say I'm going to do something or if I commit to something, I really want to follow through on that. Hmm. So to actually say, okay, I'm going to close the door on this was really hard. And then so at that moment, you decided I'm going to be more of an entrepreneur. So, yeah, I got started actually in social sales in 2004 with a skincare company. Okay. And I never, again, never saw myself doing anything like it. But I don't know if you guys ever do this. Look back on your life and just see things that you did when you were younger playing out into your adult years. <laughs> Amazingly, right now where I'm in my life, because I just finished up at Poly. Yeah. I'm starting life and going in. It's weird looking back at like, the different chapters of my life, like the segments moving to San Luis Obispo, that working at Lululemon, going yeah. on there, of where all these little things, I, each, I had a little paradigm shift in each of them. And I, that, for that now, and it's like I can kind of like see these things coming to fruition. Like for like Lululemon, for example, I now know how to talk about yoga pants. <laughs> 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 I can talk about it anytime, <laughs> anywhere. I can just break it down with someone. But like even that though, but like customer service, right? Yeah. Where I just learn how to talk to someone even sales. That was my first ever having a sales job, right? Or even coming back to where, like, I worked at Splash Cafe even, and that was, I was a cook there. Okay. And so, learn how to cook. And so, now that comes back of, like, even, like, last night, like, our girlfriends were making us ahi and pokey and stuff like that. So, now it's translating to kitchen. But then it's, like, it's, like, little things like that that come back in a very weird kind of way that 
I'm starting to see. Yeah, and kind of to second that and to go off what you said about like you don't need to have it all figured out. It's like just having experience. Yeah. It'll it'll come. Like for me, I came out of high school. I was just an athlete. I had n- literally no idea what I wanted to do. Like zero idea what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be a winemaker. That's not for me. I'm not a chemistry guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never going to be for me. But I basically, and people are like, oh, you're going this gap. You're like, you're going to find yourself. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, I didn't really believe in it. And like, I kid you not, I had, there was a moment where I was sitting in uh, Nashville, Tennessee with one of my, with Bardo, actually. Okay. And I literally was like, oh my God, I know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> it was like that clear. And I was like, I was like, I just figured it out. And I don't even know how. Like, What was it? I was literally sitting there and Bardo was like, talking to me about classes and I hadn't had class since high school and it'd been whatever eight months and I was like I kind of miss class I was like weird I was like I'm, I'm getting a little bit more motivated for school because I was not motivated for school as much and then I was like one of his friends was in business there and was like talking to me about their business classes and I was like that's super interesting and I started looking into it I was like okay what is it involved in business program and everything and I was like what was my favorite class in high school and I was like economics and then I was like oh wow I should follow that and literally, mm. like, a month later, I, like, signed up for Cuesta. I got an internship at an accounting firm and was like, this is incredibly fun. I love this. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, like, here I am, almost about to graduate with a corporate accounting and finance degree. It was literally, like, like that experience yeah. was, like, everyone that I can talk to, I'm like, take a gap year. If you don't know, if you're not 100% sure and you can't be at that age, take gap year. But like, I think along with the gap year, too, take the gap year. But go throw yourself out there. Yeah. Do something. Like, oh, exactly. Like, yeah. You just drove around in your car on the entire nation. Country. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like that's what you got to do. Like oppose because I mean sometimes it's easy to get into a rut. Oh. If you stop and you get like complacency, you start sitting on your couch for two weeks straight. You just develop the habit of sitting on the couch for two weeks. And if you don't have other things pulling you up and going, it's gonna be hard to it's do. It's easy to get stuck in that. It's like, super easy it's to get stuck. It's so easy to like just be like, oh, I can do it tomorrow. I can. I, it's whatever. You know, I'm I'm here on the couch. It's because it's comfortable. Yeah. You don't ever have to stretch out, step, like step out of your comfort zone. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. If you have the resources to just be on your couch, so, so easy. easy. But then in the other way, like if you get yourself trained into like doing and going out and just trying things, like mm-hmm. I imagine this is kind of your mindset where you go out and just do. That starts becoming self-fulfilling in the sense of it pulls you to do it. That just becomes what you do, like yeah. kind of like habitually. And then also, I don't know, because I'm kind of reaching that point now of where if I if I just sit down on the couch all day, like, or if I get stuck on my phone too long, I'm just like, I got to do something. Just like, like it's, yeah, it's just like I just don't feel good. Right. I've known what yeah. it's felt to thrive. Totally. And when you back it up and you kind of like start giving your energy to something that is not growing, not yeah, allowing you to, yeah, to learn. instead of like sur- just surviving, like learning how to thrive. And what I find is i i mean especially what we're going through right now with quarantine and lockdown but we it can be easy to focus on like our little bubble but just when we shift our focus to others and to giving back and how can i just stoke people out i think it's zig ziglar said um when you help others get what they want you inevitably get what you want and i i love that i think with young people there's just so much pressure unnecessary pressure like our oldest daughter is super motivated and driven and we've never put the pressure on her to perform she does it to herself and it's like just saying you know what like give yourself that time and space like you said if it's a gap year or if it's jumping into school but then just being patient with the process um 
and allowing it to unfold and pursuing your passions. And what I've seen with myself is when I was younger, I used to love throwing parties for my friends. I'd be like, mom, can I throw a party, surprise party for Emerson? You know, she'd be like, cool, okay. And I would just throw these parties. And then I never thought that I, I, I never saw myself being in sales. But when I was in high school, I sold blow pops, you guys. I carry <laughs> around this bag of blow pops. And I sold blow pops and made money. I had two jobs in high school. And yeah, so that was my initial was getting into social sales with a skincare company. Wait, did you make, tell me about this blow pop business. You make, you make a lot of money selling blow I pops? I made a lot of money selling what? blow pops because I had a couple run-ins with the law when I was 17. Just pulling a couple million. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pay for a lawyer. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, oh wow. And but, so, yeah. Talk about full circle though. You love, thro- <laughs> you love throwing parties as a kid and now you love event planning, which is exactly. literally Exactly. So that's exactly where I was going with that one. And, um, yeah, and then it's interesting because I – well, first of all, I never saw myself being in sales. I got involved with the skincare company. Like, I just want an outlet. I want to get out of the house. I have a passion for women, um, empowering women, because I didn't like myself when I was younger. A lot of self-destructive behaviors. I, I mean, I'm still, like, on that path of learning to love myself. But now I'm mama to three daughters, And, you know, in a business uh, before yoga, which was primarily women, and I I didn't know if I was going to want to go full force with this sales career, and I knew nothing about business or entrepreneurship. My first year in business, I earned my first trip to New York City. I was one of 19 women. I was the youngest on the trip who earned the trip. And I earned based off of sales. There were only two of us that earned it based off of sales. And the other 17 women based, uh, earned it based off of the sales of their teams. Were you doing like phone sales? Or it was skincare online? and cosmetics. So I would do these spa parties okay, yeah, where so I would go into someone's home and they would invite their friends and they'd have like wine and cheese and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would, we'd either do foot soaks or makeup parties or skincares. Couple of things ironic about that. I'm a tomboy at heart. I wanted to be a boy when I was little. You couldn't tell me I was pretty. My parents had to tell me I was handsome, like wouldn't wear a dress, came home from kindergarten and was like, I want to play soccer. And I mean, at that time, you know, obviously gender roles are very different now and, and everyone's doing everything, which I think is so cool. It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, what gender you associate yourself with. People dance, people play soccer and all of that. But at that time, I didn't want to do anything that would associate me with being a girl. And I hated the color pink and all of that. And then here I am starting a business that is primarily focused on like, you know, beauty and all of that. Like my mom is a beautiful woman. She never leaves the house without makeup. Like she's always taking care of herself. And that wasn't me. My best friend in high school like forced me to wear makeup. She's like, okay, you're gonna like do something here. And you know, now I can like wear makeup or go camping and like not shower or whatever. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, well, I like to shower, let's let's be honest. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm I'm not one of those women that like has to have a full face of makeup all the time. But um, but that in and of itself I think is creativity and art. And yeah, so 
got involved in this business. And I think um, being in the skincare cosmetics industry and sales entrepreneurship business really set me up for my career. Because it really honed um, in some skills probably. Oh, 100% yeah. as a yoga instructor and event planner. Because when I the door opened for me to do my yoga teacher training, I thought, you know, maybe I'll teach like one class a week. I had no idea that I was going to fall in love with teaching yoga because, you know, at first it's like when you're first learning something, it's hard to see where the growth is going to come from that. Like I couldn't cue a yoga se sequence to save my life. And then now... You actually, what is cueing a yoga sequence? I'm, so, um, <laughs> I'm not inclined in that way. So you let's tell our that. audience what that is. So when you take a yoga class, the teacher is cueing what poses to be in. Do you predetermine that or is that something you kind of make up as you go along? Yeah, you um, now you... I pretty much freestyle it okay. unless it's a class uh, specified to certain postures or mm. I know that I want to incorporate cer certain postures into mm -hmm. the practice. But yes, 100%. I mean, at first I was writing down my sequences and I found, though for me personally, that it was more authentic when I wasn't so attached to, I need to do this and this and this. One of the first yoga classes I taught, I'll never forget the first half hour, I felt like a robot. And then after the first half hour, I just let go of what I had wanted to teach and then just really taught from my heart and yeah that, just went that, from there that actually brings me to something else i was wondering is like do you get like nervous like teaching a yoga class because like i imagine it's kind of like public speaking but it's way more yeah. physical like because they look so comfortable they're right. like it's kind of it's like public speaking but like you're here let me do something with my entire body in yeah. front of you because like they seem super calm they seem super like in rhythm with it or yeah. if I was trying to do it I mean a I'm terrible at yoga I'm very unflexible there's so. no such thing as being terrible at yoga you're right it's like I'm saying very you're unflexible. too dirty to take a shower okay go what on what I was trying to say uh, is it feels terrible for him <laughs> <laughs> I love yoga I really love it but I'm so unflexible that I like it is incredibly painful and okay. so for me imagining teaching a yoga class one time I was I was at spark and I was trying to do a position and I I couldn't even get close and he yeah like, he's like are you okay I was like Yes, yeah, as far as I can make it. Like, <laughs> you haven't taken one of my classes, right? No, I would love to. Okay. But, um, you you'd get that love uh, yoga for athletes. Yeah. That's, oh, that's one of my favorite that's, that's classes to teach. probably one of my least favorite things. Actually, I'd love to talk to you about this too, but about the quarantine is like you can't go to studios anymore. You can't go cook yourself in a studio. Yeah. <laughs> yoga. Well, now that it's warm outside and Spark, we're offering online classes. I don't know if you guys yeah. know about that, but I've been teaching – for Spark and then doing some classes on Instagram. But I want to speak really quick to what you just shared about speaking in front of people because that was another thing. Okay, I feel like in life, everything that I said I couldn't do or I wouldn't do, I'm doing or have done or maybe there's things yet to come. Um, but my dad is a pastor, as I shared, and he speaks in front of, you know, a thousand plus people every Sunday on a normal basis. And I always have admired my dad and I would look at him and just think like, how does he do this? Because I couldn't speak in front of people to save my life. And so when I started my business in sales, that was one of the hardest parts for me. I would get up there, my face would turn red, my voice would shake. It was horrible. 
consistency is key with anything. And I love the law of consistency. Motivation gets you going. Discipline keeps you growing. And so feel free to write that down. (laughs) Law of consistency. If you've heard of John Maxwell, he has a book called The 15 Laws of Invaluable Growth. That might not be exactly the title. But Mm -hmm. motivation gets you going. Discipline keeps you growing. And I think sometimes people associate the word discipline with, ah, like I found throughout the years just coaching people and helping people build businesses because that's what I did with my skincare business is that people are afraid to set goals. People are afraid to commit. And there's something so powerful from being able to say, I'm going to do this and you write it down and you commit to that and then you know that it's okay that if you don't do it, you can readjust. And so that's one thing I can encourage is just, um, again, going back, you don't have to have it all figured out, but like at the end of the day, we each have a purpose. So really diving into what is my purpose? Like you figured that out, Emerson and Brayden, you too. It's like, you know that that purpose might shift and change and it might not always look the same. So my purpose started out, I thought I would be, you know, an owner. I owned a franchise of my business for three years too. And I saw that was one of the reasons I say that I don't have a desire to own a yoga studio because I have owned, it wasn't a brick and mortar, but it was a territory that I owned. And so I had the responsibility of all that stuff that, comes along with owning your own business and that's why I think I had that experience to see you know I want to be able to go wherever I want to go and not necessarily be tied down to this one location Um, that's why Spark Yoga it's my home studio here I love that place I do teach one class at the climbing gym because I love the pad too but I've really like tried to discern and narrow down where do I want to spend my time and energy and how is my time and energy um, best well spent just value wise, Mm -hmm. you know? That's cool because Braden actually has a really good idea for people with a similar idea where they want to teach yoga, but they don't want to have like a brick and mortar store. Like that's a, that's a genius like idea. it's, It's kind of along the lines of like, so say you're, you say, yeah, you're, well, first I want to speak to what you just said though. It's cool about, you're the business of you is you are your business, right? It's you're the value, and that you can take that anywhere you yeah. want to be. It's just offering value to other people through, I mean, kinetics of your body, or through speaking and motivating, or for yeah, it's just the presence you have. I can tell how developed it is Thank you. to being your best self. So, that being said, on to this basically. So, imagine if the yoga entrepreneur is out there, mm-hmm. it's it's a hustle. It's a grind. It totally a, is. You, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, the time, the energy, mm-hmm. the commitment. So, and you go to a studio. You're selling yourself. Exactly. People don't want to like admit to that aspect or they just, I just say like, if you are not like going for it or putting yourself out there and let's say you're just posting an event on social media and hoping people are going to sh- throw up show up it's like throwing jello at the wall and hoping it's gonna stick exactly it's not okay go on you're a yoga instructor and you can't afford your own studio right so because that's you need a big capital investment to get that and all the stuff you were saying that you don't want to deal with right like all the legalities and things like that but and you when you teach basically isn't it like 
you get paid for a class and then like per head in a class, but then a cut of that comes out to the studio. How's that? Work? So it, it definitely depends. Um, right now where I teach, I get paid an hourly amount. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I also teach for some businesses in town and I also do privates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, what have I said to you? Hey, I understand you want to do yoga and you're an entrepreneur and you want to do this and you wish you could have your own studio, but you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. What have I told you that if you can bring people out there, like bringing beach yoga, but yeah. coming back to a new form of it to where the problem with beach yoga is when you listen to it or you hear about it and you see photos of it, you hear about it. Beach yoga sounds really romantic. It sounds right. amazing. But when you go out there and sand actually do it. Sand is not super awesome <laughs> Exactly. Yoga. Sand, you see, you see sand, you see towels all kind of weird. Right. You take a photo of it. People are just like, ah, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So that's like. That's the flaw in it. But what if basically there was a portable studio to -hmm. where you could set up a studio quality platform out there and it's like, hey, I have this. You can totally, it's your studio. If you can put heads, you get all the money on it kind of thing. Yeah, like a mobile studio. Yeah. Because I think that would be really good for. Is that something you're going to start? Yeah. All right, let's talk. Yeah, that's something I'm working on. We can make some things happen. But uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm so, really good at promoting things I believe in. Yeah, I, I, this, is, this is perfect then. Um, I've already told like 8 million people about this podcast. <laughs> we love it. I was going to say, we got 8 million listeners overnight. <laughs> like I've loved yoga. I'm not a yoga teacher or anything like that. I've loved fitness. I love moving my body. I love being out there at the beach. Yeah. And it's one of those things like, it's one of those paradigms that I realized even with this. I love podcasts. I love everything like this. And it's if these things I love, why not create the avenues for other people to enjoy them? Amen. You know? And so, I mean, that's literally where this came from. It was like, I was just pounding podcasts in my ears for like four years. And was like, oh, I love these. Finally, <laughs> 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 it came to it, like we're finishing college. Now I have time to pursue things. For sure. You know? And I've realized where I would like to go into the entrepreneur side of things. Like you're saying, you, you can do it, anything you want. You can go, you can change things. And even to back it up to what you said about things coming through your life mm-hmm. that like come to fruition later. Uh, for me, I've always been someone who gets really into something and I ease off and get mm-hmm. really into something and I ease off. Through it, I have acquired a bunch of really cool skills that you never knew yeah. how to have. Like I can ride a unicycle, you know? <laughs> you can. Yeah. That's just, so it's just like little <laughs> stuff like that or like like Lululemon, huge yoga phase in my life. Yeah. Wow, like, but basically, where that's come to where I am now of realizing it's same thing with work and things like that. Like mm-hmm. this podcast, kind of along the same lines, it's dialed in perfectly to that. I get to talk with someone new every time and talk about new things. Love and, it. And I guess that kind of becomes like entrepreneurism of bringing things. Oh, we're going to work on this for you know two years, get this going. Then it's set up and it's, uh, it's working. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work on this and work on this. But and that's how you hone in on skills too and discern. Yeah, like where you want to spend your time and energy. And I think just the kind of world we live in now, I mean, it used to be, yeah, you go to school to be a teacher or a doctor and like, or whatever, that's what you do for your life. But I think so many people are realizing, hey, I can be doing this and I also can be doing this. You can work as what kind of, so you said corporate accounting? My major is corporate accounting and finance. It's like a double major kind of combined into one. But it more is for me to get the skills because it's like now it's like I feel like I would have the skill set to start a business or come into a business mm-hmm. and do consulting and make them better. 
it's like for me it's I don't really like the idea of like you know being super tied into the office and having one specific job for a, a huge company for me it's like I want to take my skills and use it to like help people grow right like and I think it's like if I'm working for myself to help a cause I'm way more fulfilled than if I'm working for someone just to you know work fulfilled it's, and driven I think too yeah if yeah. you're feeling like you're making a difference you're, yeah like <laughs> someone is on the other side receiving this and enjoying this that's that gets you up to go and make more that I think at the end of the day we all have a purpose like that and it's different it looks different for everyone but that goes back to just shifting that focus off of ourselves because sometimes I think we can get caught up in uh, I'm worried of what people will think of me. Like with sales, I was so worried that people would think I was pushy. I'm. If someone wants to think that, they don't know my heart and my intention. They might assume that, and but then if you know me, you know that I share from my heart. And if it, you're interested in it, awesome. Like yoga. If you're interested, awesome. If you're not, door is always open. One saying, um, I switched it up a bit because I didn't like the end of it, but some will some won't move on the door is always open so not attaching to like ah oh, this person over here isn't into what i'm doing that's okay if they come back around you know then they can come back around but i think uh just not worrying so much about what other people think and just getting to know ourselves and what our purpose is our soul purpose or soul work and then starting to share that with others imagine if there's the most amazing musician, like Beethoven. What if Beethoven sat in his room and was like, I'm so scared to share like my piano playing with the world. You know, we wouldn't experience beautiful music if all of these people like just painted and didn't share their artwork. And um, yeah, and the power right now of where we're at with social media, that's how I found out about this, you know, and it's just being able to connect with people locally and not only on the local level but all of the world is really really special it's profound it is profound <laughs> you can zero for zero cost you can potentially reach the entire world <laughs> you, ha you have infinite leverage with yeah. social media and everything and it's creating that platform but on like yeah it's, it's a tool but it also can be so deadly you know what i mean it for people be. like like self-comparison for us we're grown up now we know how to hold up we know our worth we know who we are but like being a young person growing up right now, yeah. if, you, if you're too deep and you don't have that community of people to like a reality mm -hmm. and you can get so sucked into what your life should be like. Well, and I didn't grow up with social media. I mm -hmm. didn't grow up with cell phones. Like I'm older than you guys, like got stuck on the grade when I was 17 and thought we would like die on the grade, you know, because we didn't have a cell phone. My best friend and I. <laughs> Blew the transmission of my Jeep Cherokee, but it's like <laughs> <We're gonna die. laughs> it started smoking and we ran away. We thought it was going to totally blow up. I think it was waited like two hours for highway patrol. I don't even know these two 17 year old girls. But yeah, I think um, even for people older, I think, you know, we, we can get caught in that trap of like, I'm not good enough or or not even that just I need to be doing more. And I think I want to speak to that for a second because it's like just there, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to shut the door on things and how to set boundaries because you can work and grind all day and all night. But And I've been there 
and I've sadly sacrificed like family time and all of that and you know so if anyone can learn from my mistakes it's like you know set yourself up whether it's making that plan each day or weekly of what you need to get done who you need to connect with what goals you have to make each week and then knowing like okay I'm going to shut the door on this and have time to out, reset easy to get and caught renew. up in it. For sure. Yeah. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think that, so as of December 1st, I'm full-time yoga. So I'm still with um, a skincare company called Alouette. I've been with them for 12 years now. Um, and I still share. And if people want the products, they can get them from me. But so say, Can you plug the world with a skincare tip? Oh my what's goodness. A, what's way, this one little thing please, I can do every night that's going to. Please wash your face before you go to bed. Simple moisturizer. Really? Big shout Even out, big shout if out to Catherine. She, you she do... makes me wash my face every night. Okay. And I yeah, Kate. And I didn't rock, do that before girl. I started dating her. That's the thing. It's like, even if you don't wear makeup, think about all the free radicals and stuff floating around. The dirty in the looks air. people give me yeah. just landing on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, women out there, you wear mascara, wash it off before you go to bed because there are little tiny bugs that will eat the mascara off your eyelashes. Ooh. Yeah, mm. that is real. <laughs> Google That's it. That's why I don't wear mascara. Totally yeah. real. <laughs> totally real. That's the only reason I don't wear mascara. Yeah, it's, it's the bugs. I'm scared of bugs. Yeah. And then, yeah, just all, like any young people, just take care of your skin now because you don't necessarily think about it when you're younger. And does it, it's the little just things taking you care can of it do. when you're younger help, like as your skin yeah, gets older? Okay, does yeah. that, is there like, like a oh, longevity thing? Like oh, you started yeah. back then, and is there a point of no return? Say I'd never wash There's my face. There's not until a like point 30. of no return, <laughs> but I mean, I think skincare, it's just a valuable ha- habit to get into, like flossing your teeth. I have. Way too many people I know who are not consistently brushing their teeth, and I have a really hard time with that. So please also brush your teeth. That doesn't really have I do to that. Be I was doing that before with my girlfriend. Yeah. But, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously genes play a part in it, but it doesn't cost a lot to take care of your skin, and your skin is the largest organ. And living on the Central Coast, we're in the sun a lot, surfing, being outdoors. I'm looking at your skin right now. I'm like, wow, you have really good skin. Thank you. And I'm thinking, I, I look older than you. It. My face is so wrinkled. <laughs> it's all the surfing and squinting so, in the sun. Yeah, so much sun. <laughs> I got no you sunscreen. covered. I'll give you some sure, samples. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my forehead is like extrudes out further over my eyes because I squint so much. Stop. Like I'm saying, like to block from the sun, I have like a little visor. You <laughs> when I surf a lot, like my brow gets like more muscular because I'm <laughs> squinting at like the sun. And it's like when I was playing water polo, because like you can't wear a hat or anything. Yeah. Like that. Right. And, like, the sun bounces off the bottom of the pool when you're swimming and, like, gets into your eyes. And so you're always doing this. And I, like, seriously developed, like, a strong brow muscle. A strong brow. I love that. My Norwegian forehead. There you go. My my family says, well, I met him. uh, Parpar. Yeah. Shout out to Parpar. My great-grandpa. But they say I look like him a lot. And he had a huge dome of a forehead. He was really tall. I didn't quite quite get the height, but... (laughs) I have his forehead. <laughs> He's um, a great forehead. Yeah, he was yeah. cool. He basically fought in World War II. He was a bomber and got shot down twice. Wow. And, and survived. survived. That's incredible. I remember when I was younger, basically really little, because I only knew him when I was really little. And he had this like little man cave den where he'd watch sports in his chair. And I went and he, he was super sweet. And he just talked to me. And for some reason, we were talking about World War II. And we're like, we're like, uh, 
Parpar, we heard you got shot down in a bomber. And he's like, you want to see? And he goes, he, like, I don't know, he pulls up his, like, leg. Huge scar on his leg. And we're wow. just like, kids like, oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Super real. <laughs> yeah, so it got super real, but we were little. It puts things in perspective of how blessed we are blessed. and there are so many people out there just right now fighting for our country god bless them and all that and yeah we're really blessed here That's, yeah. i watched a gnarly vice episode i'm not really sure it's like a news episode or something but they said i think they were in syria and the reporter lady was like walking around with her her guide and he was like okay we have to run in between these these blocks and there's like you see these sheets hanging up in between the the buildings like mm-hmm. because it's to block snipers cuz they're just always posted it's like that's a daily thing where it's like and they sprint across the street and there's bullets flying <laughs> someone's just sitting there the whole day watching waiting for someone to run across the street to try and snipe them down i was like that's a daily life for could someone could you imagine like, oh could you imagine wow. if, if you were trying to go to lululemon and you had to sprint between the blocks or on marsh or garden because yeah. someone's trying to snipe at you that is like I gotta sprint to avoid to. people saying hi to me. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's hi. a whole different oh life. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, that's one thing too about one always checking your blessings, especially here in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, this place is amazing little microcosm in the universe of just the way it is here. Yeah, like you could go an hour in any direction. I mean, besides Big Sur, and it just it's completely different. You know, I know, I was just going to say, an hour. <laughs> Big Sur was the first place yeah. that popped into my like mind hour. when you oh, said an hour away. <laughs> that is one of my favorite places on the planet, which, P.S., my first time there was when, oops, I camped with Kate and those no people way. last May. With, uh, yeah, um, Adventure Aid. Yeah, Adventure Aid. I had never been there before and led a camp out of 14 people to Big Sur. Oh. And I had some people. <laughs> no, come with me. Let's go to the this woods. Is... <laughs> never, never been, but come on. It'll be a good time. <laughs> this is where my dad my dad and my mom, I think, came up because they were driving through slow for some reason. They live in Orange County. And my dad is shaking his head at me just like, who are you? So uh, you just never know where life is going to take you. Um, but, yeah, I love nature and I love – I've been – since then, I've been the Big Sur like six or seven times. So did San Luis Obispo – because you didn't like nature coming here. And did San Luis Obispo make you like San nature? San Luis Obispo has changed my whole entire life. Uh, this is the longest I've lived anywhere. I love to travel, but to be able to come back to this place, I've never experienced the kind of community like we have in slow just the community of people really rooting for each other not to use that word but you know just like (laughs) that was so dumb Uh, (laughs) um but yeah just the care and that there i've just always had the mindset of abundance and there's enough to go around and I think that that's really an important mindset to have when you are an entrepreneur and in business. Um, I don't look at other yoga teachers or things that are going on as competition for me. I think when we are able to support each other, raise the conscious collective together to share, if I know someone hosting a retreat, put it out there. People are going to end up where they need to end up. That's something I wanted to ask. If you were, because I'm sure every retreat is different and it kind of ties back into like getting people up and doing something. Yeah. It's like, if you're trying to sell one of your retreats, like 
what are you saying? What are you trying to accomplish for them or help them accomplish in a retreat? For someone else or for myself? For your like throat, if you're, I'm hosting you're one, hosting a retreat. What so, are you telling them to get them interested in? The so retreat? I'm actually co-leading, co-collaborating on my first women's immersion retreat, uh, So Hum in August at Stone Mountain Retreat with Hannah Goldstein and Sadie Simonis. And I'm really excited to share this time with them. There will be workshops, yoga. It'll be a more intimate retreat. So I'm the, – the thing that I think is incredibly important about hosting events and how you market and share it is to personally reach out to people and say, hey, I thought of you. I want you here. I would love to have you a part of this. This is what we're offering with this. Because I think at the end of the day, people desire community. They want to feel included. And there are so many things going on all the time. And we can be overwhelmed with uh, there's this and there's this and there's this. And it's like dialing it down like, well, Again, it's like going back to I could I could promote it on social media and hope that people will sign up or I can do that due diligence of really personally inviting to build that attendance because knowing the people that I'm inviting, they matter to me and I, I do want them there. And then it's up to them to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here's what this is all about. I want you here. Ball is in your court. Do you want to be a part of this with us? Doors always open. Mm-hmm. And what are they? What are they like? Yeah, looking to get out of the retreat? Like, are they tr- learning uh, more yoga growth, or is it like a mental health growth, or is it? It's actually all. Like, we'll have some Ayurvedic workshops, yoga. What, 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 what is Ayurvedic? Sorry. I okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel I have enough knowledge to speak on Ayurveda okay. and all that it entails. But it's a holistic approach to wellness, okay. um, eating, and all of that. Yeah, I have a friend, Victoria Cromhout, that knows so much about that. And then Hannah Goldstein, also, that I'm hosting this immersion with. Three days? It, it's three days, and it's women empowering women. And... Uh, yeah, we, we have a rough timeline of what will be going on at the retreat, but we need to dive into that a little bit more. But um, women who want to be a part of it can just expect to feel fulfilled and cared for and connected with. Seems like it could be one of those things where you go and you learn so much about yourself and mm-hmm. others and you go in with a bunch of strangers and you come out as best friends. Totally. It's that willingness to get vulnerable Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's something that's really important to me I'm you guys probably know just I'm really real and transparent on my social media and it's like this is just how it is and I think just encouraging other people like we don't have to put up this front this facade that like we have it all together and um you know I've definitely been judged on my social media. I've had some people tell me just because of my photos. And I've been so blessed to work with incredible photographers on the Central Coast, uh, such as Dylan, Kyle, Lindsay Schiff. I mean, there's so many. And to be able to co-collaborate with people. But sometimes that can also give people the wrong impression, like this photo. And then it's like, but did you read what I wrote? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have it all together. 
and I'm learning day by day. So, uh, but again, going back to that passion for not only empowering all people, because I, I do have a lot of amazing uh, men in my life who are my friends that I care for and encourage. And obviously, um, all different people take my yoga classes, but uh, I think it's really special to live in a college town because especially teaching at Spark, I'm able to connect with many young women who are just trying to figure things out and to be able to encourage them and and know that they're not alone and yeah it's crazy because i mean especially with a college it's like a melting pot of culture and uh, upbringing like for me like my girlfriend she's from paris very different culture from here like especially like paris is an older city and a lot of times like the traditional idea of like what a woman should be Mm. is like really present there it's like oh you have to be super dressed up when you go outside you need to be at your peak you know at any given moment and like in your house in the house your role is you got to cook and got to clean and it was crazy coming from here where that's like especially with my mom very like strong woman like never gonna take that and I was like you don't have to do this like yeah you can go out in sweatpants like seriously like especially in like, slow especially here like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I have a lot of makeup on for living in slow right now <laughs> but I it's mean... it's like trying to find that like empowerment for her and it's like like look like empower yourself like don't worry about what anyone else is about to say when you go outside like especially here like you're gonna thrive no matter what you're wearing no matter what you're doing like you don't have to cook or clean or do anything like that like be who you want to be yeah you want to be you want to be i was talking to my dad about something very similar to that uh it was just i think yesterday or even just two days ago but he was telling me about it was these three things like conformity i'm not gonna be able to pull them up but basically when you're young every single person has infinite potential you your mind you are absolutely limitless on what can happen around you like my dad told me i mean always tells me if you look around every single thing you see in this world that we hold as human was created in someone's head someone thought it up was like i'm gonna make that yeah and i think the more you stay true to yourself people get caught up in other conformities of everyone's doing this everyone's doing that like say everyone's ripping the jewel so you end up start ripping the. you never would have just like gone done that and then you get pulled into obviously there's different levels of toxicity and voodoo of like things in the world right addiction you want to try to stay away from addiction because that's something that can pull you in really deep stay away from people who are bad influences on you but i think if you are able to sit back and chase things for what you want to do and stay driven and motivated and determined and disciplined, you can pretty much make anything. Every single person's human. Einstein was a human. You know, I mean. Really good at math. It's still human. Yeah, still <laughs> human. People fear things because people tell them to fear them. And oftentimes, when you shouldn't be afraid of certain things, like afraid of putting yourself out there, afraid of public speaking, afraid of these yeah. things. That you're just, for some reason, as humans, we've decided that these make you uncomfortable. Well, and I think, I, I love what you're saying. We we put these expectations on ourselves or we think we should be doing this because this is what society says. And to be very honest, I've had a hard time with that because my mom is your ultimate like stay-at-home mom, cooked and cleaned, did everything for my brothers, drove us all to like soccer games or were four of us playing on Saturdays. 
and my mom is amazing. My parents have always given me unconditional love, but I'm, I'm not that woman and I'm more of a business minded go getter like, and, and I've had huge support in that, but it has been hard for me because, um, even my daughters, you know, I want to raise them to be independent women, to know that they can go after anything they set their mind to. And I am seeing that in them, but it has been hard for them at times because they see me, they're like, well, you're not like the soccer mom. And, um, you know, fear can hold us back from so many things. And I'm going through a huge transition in my life, as you know, Brayden, just um, stepped away from a 21-year relationship, was married for 19 years. And fear held me back from moving forward with that decision. Like, you know what? This is not our life path anymore. I didn't want to turn our family upside down. But at the end of the day, and I I hadn't noticed this in myself, but I have a good friend, Bethany, my Alabama babe. Um, She pointed out to me that she admires the fact that I make, I take calculated risks and I am willing to step into big decisions that are really freaking hard. Um because I don't know how to stay in something where I'm not fulfilled and thriving. And that was my marriage. Um, we, we just we were both at a point where it just wasn't fulfilling for both of us anymore. And I never saw my life going in that direction either. And then stepping on the other side of it, I'm alone for the first time, living alone for the first time in 20 years. But just having that um, just mindset, of not letting ourselves be limited not letting ourselves like fear will get to us and it will paralyze us if we allow it to but we all have intuition for a reason and we might suppress that but it's going to keep coming back and I think just trusting that if you have that voice in you I do believe it is God but saying to you you know what you need to take a step out in faith because this is not where I want you anymore. And I honestly feel that making this decision and this transition in my life is allowing me, as hard as it is, to connect with women I would have never, ever had the opportunity to connect with. Have you found that since you've like moved on from that relationship, you've experienced, in general, more personal growth in like the last it's whatever insane. few months than you did in like several years? Few, it's uh, insane, you guys. Direct, it's like, you must be like growing wings right now. Of going, talk about the largest change you could make. The largest, And change yeah. brings growth. I can only imagine the growth you've been going through. It's been, well, and then quarantine happened a <laughs> yeah. few weeks after this. Let me just turn society yeah. upside down. Talk too. about self-reflection time. Like Digging deep. deep. Yeah. Um, it's been one of the hardest times of my life, but I started writing poetry, which is crazy. I've never written Beautiful. poetry before. And then all of a sudden, I like, it just flows out of me. But I think um, I never give up. And I, I, even if it's just that little small glimmer of hope of holding on to, my faith gets me through, you know? And there have been times where I'm just like very, very low and struggling a lot. But that's, again, why creating and cultivating community is important to me. And just saying to other people, like, you're not alone like even when you think you are and you don't feel like you can see that light at the end of the tunnel 
it's okay, you're going to get through this. And I have to keep telling myself that every day. But because of this decision, I have the opportunity to, and I already am, building stronger relationships with my daughters that I really do not think would have happened if it wasn't for this hard decision. Kudos to you for yeah. making that call because I, I'm sure there are imagine. a million people out there who are not going to make that call and won't experience the same. And you know what? I, I Yeah, I, I feel at the end of the day, um, and I don't like calling Brett my ex. I don't feel like that speaks to our relationship and what we had. Um, ex just sounds like someone you're kind of throwing off to the side like Brett will always be in my life we're always going to co-parent we care about each other it's been hard but I think we have both given each other this new lease on life like I care about enough about you to say like I'm not the person to be fulfilling you and making you happy anymore and vice versa and like we're still young and hopefully we have a lot of life ahead of us. And so just giving each other that freedom to like really be who we need to be. Yeah. It's I, way easier said than done. This is not easy oh, yeah. Guys, yeah. at all. I can only imagine Even uh, breaking up anyways. with like a high school girlfriend of something. It's like, that was like a traumatic experience back in the time. It's like, right. imagine that tenfold mm-hmm. 20, 20 years plus, you know, yeah. like that's, could not even yeah, imagine. I could not imagine. Because you said you got married pretty le- pretty young. Yeah. Getting married pretty young. If you get married early, you still have so much growing to do. Yeah. So it's like you don't know who you are completely of who you want to – you haven't grown in your full fruition. And sometimes I think it could be hard to – well, a lifetime commitment is a very yeah. big thing. And you don't know and what you don't know. And we took it very seriously. Yeah. It wasn't – you know, yeah, that was – it's important to us and to, to say again kind of like going back to my college story to say like I'm not going to complete this and follow through is important but but when do you say when mm-hmm. you know when you when you realize like I I literally had an awakening you guys it was January 31st 2020 I did not wake up that morning knowing that night I would decide to end my marriage <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things it's kind of like it just hit me naturally so hard that day that like this is, yeah, we're both very different people and we have different paths that we're traveling on and we need to just, yeah, I think not continue down the same path that is not working. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm really sorry to hear that happen, but it seems Thank like you. it's the right, seems right. You yeah. know, and I think even for the relationship with your kids, it'll be a hard thing to be a role model for your children if you have been unhappy or complacent totally you know and i think kind of where you're saying you're breathing in a new way now yeah walking outside and seeing new days the ocean has been such therapy let me tell you oh yeah (laughs) the ocean is therapy the ocean is the ultimate therapist like seriously like i I tell my girlfriend all the time it's like if i'm ever having like stressful day something like that it's like if i just literally even if i don't surf or catch one wave if i just sit in the ocean it's kind of like yeah we talked about it yesterday it's like it's literally the ultimate surrender of control because mm-hmm. it's infinitely more powerful than you and you're gonna sit there and it's gonna do whatever it wants and you're just gonna have to take it as it comes and there's definitely some psychology behind that think of this you're 75 percent water mm-hmm. that is more similar to you than anything else we're <laughs> <Yeah>. around it's gotta <laughs> be something there it's so true i love emerson that you just said surrender because that has been 
my theme, which is a really hard thing for me to do because you might think of surrender as like giving up or weakness. But I think what surrender really means is just that saying like, all right, take it over. I don't have control over this. And like the ocean, I'm just, I'm constantly humbled every time I'm in the water. Like you might catch an awesome wave and then the next moment you're just getting your ass kicked. Like at least that happens yeah. to me. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting sport. It's, it's very meditative. It can be. You might drown at some point. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a very euphoric moment. You catch a wave. Yeah. You're out there looking at gorgeous views you gotta get out there maybe you see a shark and you have some maybe you see a shark <laughs> i i've yet to really oh, you're blessed. i'm probably gonna see one this you're week blessed. now <laughs> we, just saw, we just saw one whatever last week you did yeah, yeah. montana Oro at sandspit it was crazy oh. <laughs> brayden brayden and i were sitting next to each other and brayden's like looking at his friend and i'm kind of like looking out for the waves it was the worst surf like you've ever seen like, it, it was, was really terrible. bad it was the worst day i've ever had surfing i think like the waves were awful <laughs> and i'm sitting there and i'm looking and this little like wind wave comes up and i'm like Oh my god, there's a shark in that wave. <laughs> and I was like I was like I seriously looked at it for a second and I had this moment of clarity where I was like, Oh, that's that's for sure a shark. Like I've seen a lot of dolphins. I was like, endorphins, that's not adrenaline it. going yeah. up your neck and oh, your Did you guys in. get out? Well, I like looked at yeah. Brayden and I was like, dude, no joke. On my mom's life, there's a shark right there. Like, we need to go. And he's like, Okay, we gotta go. <laughs> I was like, I didn't see it. I believe you. I believe yeah. you. I was like, because like Dang, we've been out there a lot of times. We've seen a lot of dolphins. Yeah, I've seen some beautiful dolphins and it's like you're like, because like sometimes you see a dolphin, you're like, oh my god, is that a shark? But then when you actually see a shark, you're like, that's for sure. Shark. Yeah, yeah. You're like, there's, there's no, no question. There's no question yeah. in your mind. You're like, oh, hey, like, we gotta go fast. Oh, fast, fast. There's so like that was the first thing when Brayden and I saw a shark together, like a different time. We're like, oh, they're like, they're it, apex for a reason. Like, there's those... zero chance of you out swimming or getting away from a shark. If it gotta, wants you, you gotta, if it's going after go, you, yeah, you got to hit him with the sucker punch. Well, and yeah. that's the thing. That's why I was so fearful of the ocean for so long. But I think so that's that, that whole surrender of control. It flows into everything. Like even from retreats, it's like when you go on a retreat, you are surrendering the control of planning the weekends. Like you don't know what's coming right. on, so it's, you can't control everything. So it's like you have. It forces you to let go, and sort of it gives you that chance to reflect. Because when you're really rigid, you're like. I'm going to do this, this, I have control of everything. You have these walls yeah. where you're not really reflecting on yourself. You're always trying to put it out. You're always looking mm -hmm. out. You're always controlling everything around you, but not yourself. Mm -hmm. And with surfing or going on a retreat or taking a gap year, you don't know what's going to happen. And so you have so much more time or awareness to like, reflect on yourself. Well, and that's like how I've been living each day and obviously we're in this state of isolation and like just not knowing what the future fold what did i just say the future <laughs> holds <laughs> what did you say but at the, but even when we do like we can plan for something and it's important to do that it's important not to just go at, well you can go with the flow but having some sort of plan or idea or things that even with this we want to touch on and then just yeah holding up your hands and my dad he said this and I just keep this quote close to my heart expectations are an appointment with disappointment and so really just like that's why I, I hold the same exact up. motto flipped low expectations equals high success mm, <laughs> I like that you know yeah um but with surrendering it's definitely a skill yeah oh 100 it's, not, it's, not it's a, a practice for me i am 
I guess I've gotten better at surrendering. Yeah. Just through meditative practices and I guess nature. Nature is one of the best things. Nature, yeah. Yeah. But even learning how to, like, because I can definitely release and let go when I'm in, like, my happy place. I'm on a hike, I'm surfing, or something like that. But I think a lot of times being able to surrender yourself to a scene or an experience, like, right now, if just to surrender to no expectations of what this needs to be or what this yeah. has to be for whatever purpose, but, like, just becoming present in the moment and just going with the energy of the people and things around yeah. you. And that's what's so powerful, I think, about getting off the grid to just talking about Stone Mountain and being there the other night and just with friends and not really having a reception up there. I took videos and stories and pictures to help spread the word just on my Instagram about Stone Mountain, but just being fully present and connected with people. And it is a practice. We have so many distractions at any given moment. And it's that's why I love the practice of yoga because I am the type of person that definitely struggles with focus at times. Mm-hmm. And so that the practice of yoga, not only practicing but teaching it, gives me this uh, opportunity to just be completely dialed in and present with who I'm with, what I'm doing, just setting everything aside for that 60 minutes or whatever it may be. Yeah, a regimented time to mm-hmm. shut stop, off, stop, disconnect yeah. to reconnect. And that's why I love sharing it with others. And it brings this level of awareness and intentionality. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect or zen or anything like that. Like I continuously make mistakes. But it's also learning how to embrace this human experience and to give ourselves grace and to be more kind and compassionate towards ourselves, patient to, loving, to be able to extend that to others around us. That's also what you're saying, share with other people the experience you've had. I've done that a lot. I've brought a lot of people I know into yoga just because of what I've gotten out of it. And also with yoga, I feel like it's growing. It used to be mostly women. It was like women would just do yoga. Women would just do yoga. But people are starting to understand, wow, you feel so good. Like the stigma behind what it is is being lifted. Now it is becoming more of just like, this is awesome exercise. feels really good for your body. And guess what? It's going to make you look like a Greek god. <laughs> <laughs> or a goddess. Or goddess. No, but yeah. Goddess. And it's like just the whole, like when people say I'm not good at yoga, it's like saying that like no, no one's good at yoga. Like, yes, people might be able to do certain postures because they've been practicing for a while or they have that ability to do certain things, but – it's like saying that someone's good at life. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all trying to figure things out. And it's learning how to meet ourselves wh- where we're at. And that's why I love yoga just from the perspective of being an athlete my whole life and then teaching this yoga for athletes class. And just it unravels the performance. It unravels this mindset of I need to be good at this or perform or, hey, look at me, look what I can do. And a lot of people, I think, get intimidated by yoga because they don't want people looking at them or if they mess up. And it's like just throwing that out the window and knowing, especially when you're in a public yoga class, everyone's so focused on what they're doing. And people might look around if they want to make sure, like, okay, is my foot in the right place or whatever. But taking right or wrong out of the practice. I mean, wrong is if something is painful and you feel like you're going to cause injury doing it or if you're working with a limitation or injury. 
you know your body best. And then just like, even if last week you could stand on your hands, but this week you can barely stand on two feet, that's okay. And that's why I feel like my, one of my purposes as a yoga teacher is to create classes that are like, what is the word I'm looking for? Just that people are able to practice because I've heard too many times people go to yoga classes that are like I couldn't even do half of what the instructor was asking me to do accessible I want to create classes that are accessible to everyone so if you're brand new at yoga you know that it's okay if you're right here if you have a practice you've been practicing for a long time and you're able to do things and I'm going to offer you layers to add on to those poses you know that I'm sure taking Mm -hmm. my classes oh yeah 100% I want people to feel accepted no matter where they're at. You need to be in child's pose for like half an hour, stay in child's pose. I don't care. I was talking about yoga. Getting into the yoga community was big. It was going to place like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to a yoga class, especially here. I don't know if it's like that elsewhere, but everyone's just stoked to see you. Everyone yeah. looks at you, there's like, look you in the eyes and that yoga, like you have it too. It's that, that, <laughs> that yogi look. And they're, just, they're so softly looking at you, <laughs> looking in your soul. And it's like, how are you? And you're just like, how am I? <laughs> How am I? (laughs) You know what I like to ask? Because how are you, for me, has been such a loaded question these days. Like, do you really want to know how I am? Yeah, it's like, you're not talking about (laughs) me as Brayden. You're talking about my soul. I like asking, (laughs) how's your heart? Okay, exactly. How's your heart today? Where are you at? You know? But yeah, so it's that community that I guess got me coming back. It's just people who are just enjoying. It's this Mm -hmm. hour that there's a social contract that we're going to let go of everything we're stressing about. Yeah. And we're just going to be here and be with our bodies because this is your vessel. And I don't think people will cherish their vessel enough, like caring for it. And I mean, that's where I'm getting to, as we've talked about before, we're getting to the point of preserving our body. We're coming out of the, the we're invincible stage. Like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't heal as well as it used to. Yeah. And I think, um, I'm being older. It just, I am at the point where it's like, okay, like I am the height that I'm at and this is how my nose looks. I'm going to do the best that I can with what I have. And so just encouraging others, especially young women. I have some friends, they're, they're younger than me. They're hard on themselves and I understand what that's like, but I just want to encourage them. Like looking back at myself at that age, like, oh, you know, I had more than I thought I had, you know, and it's like, just try to learn how to love yourself. I think that yoga is one of, it just gives us helpful tools. But again, it's this constant practice. Some days we wake up feeling great. Some days we're not super stoked, but yeah, and just practice. When I was practicing a lot, I started to learn, because I was the same with Emerson, not naturally flexible, yeah. very rigid. And so, but once I started practicing a lot, I started like, oh, I need to pick something up. Normally, I'd get down and get it. I just was just, like, yeah. just totally bend over and I could just reach things. But then when I would stop practicing, like now it's like, if I were to get up and touch my toes right now, it might be kind of painful. Um, Take a deep bend in your knees. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's they're like, they're like right <laughs> angles. Um, but yeah, something too, since you are a professional entrepreneur and you've been your whole life and working in a time of social media and that's where a lot of marketing communication comes. So if someone was starting something, whatever it was, their personal brand or anything on, yeah. 
what is a good tip for them out there to increase their, I guess, social media following or their marketing or kind of of what you've been so good at doing? So one of the best tips I got when I started to brand myself as far as Instagram goes, just what do you want people to see if they were to look at your page? Like, what do you want to put out there? What What's the vibe? What's the energy that you want to put out there? And for me personally, I want to put out there, like, if you were just to look at my account, like, I love nature. I love movement. I, yeah, just love to be outside. And um, then just consistency is really important. Just whether you're posting, connecting with community, asking questions, like not just posting something and then, but how do you, how do you get response on what you're sharing? Like, does this resonate with you or how do you, how did you move your body today? I'd love to hear. So just ways to connect with other people as far as that goes. And rather than just like, look at me doing this, more of doing something that's trying to add value to have them respond. Exactly. And I think, I, I mean, so many people have different things to offer. I have friends who are really great at doing tutorials. They're yoga instructors, and they're doing the whole breakdown. And they're, and and that just right now isn't me. My, my thing of what I'm putting out there is just, like I said, kind of that realness. I More share a lot of, of like – yeah, just where I'm at and hey, like where are you at and and how do you feel about this and how can we just like keep it real and know that like we're all going to make it. It's just this is we all have different things we go through at different times and so my mind has definitely evolved and changed just depending on where I'm at and going through this whole quarantine and this transition in my life right now I have been writing a lot of poetry um but I've just found that I it's just been such an incredible way to connect with people I have people send me direct messages and I'm I'm blown away like sometimes you never know who is reading what you're sharing um my whole thing is if one person needs to see this or hear this then it's worth it for me to share Mm -hmm. um yeah, so I think it's just deciding, like, what do you want to put out there? What it, What is your brand? What are you trying to accomplish by what you're sharing? Who do you want to attract to your community, your tribe? I, I'm not a huge fan of the word followers just because it's like, I'm not Jesus. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's just uh, consistency in that community building. My social media presence has been organic. It hasn't grown as fast as some people have, have grown, but I've seen consistency with it. And many of the people in my community are local, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool to see the people that I mean, I'm connecting with. Yeah, I'd say you're a local with. legend. I'm not a local legend, Brian. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thank you. you but... <laughs> any person I know through the yoga community knows your name and knows who you are. And obviously has great things to say about you because me, myself, I hold that too. That means a you lot. You taught my first hot yoga class. Oh, yes. And also shout out to Jade Morgan. Took yeah, me to that Jade. Class. Love that guy. I, yeah. <laughs> we just went surfing and like we went out the night before, got up, went surfing, came back. I was so dehydrated. Oh, and he's like, he was like, he's like, hey, you want to come do a hot yoga class? And he's like, I've never done hot yoga before. And he's like, yeah, no, sure. Come. You can totally go. And then, uh. I was like, okay, what do I do? He's like, you don't need anything. Just put on board shorts and come. And <laughs> went and 
I was. Oh. Wait, was Trent with you that time too, or was no, it just you and Jade? It was that one. We took that photo. Oh yes, that was my first Hollywood class okay. ever. And uh, but <laughs> yeah, and then but since then, I mean, you inspired me to keep going. And it's funny how our paths have crossed so many totally. times. Totally, like, you were an ambassador for Lululemon. And well, what I and just shout out to Lululemon too, and just that connection. Big shout out to Lululemon. Oh. Holly, the crew, I just love you guys so much. When Lululemon came to Slow, they had the little showroom. I met Holly at Slow Yoga Center, and I actually did a little pop-up with my skincare line there. And it was funny. They had all the workout places, and I was like, where's Jim Nazo? And so that was cool to connect Holly with Michael, and then Michael was one of the first ambassadors. And I just, you know, not stalked Holly, but Holly knew I wanted to represent Lululemon so badly and when the team asked me to be an ambassador, I felt like I was being asked to, like, marry everyone. It was the best thing ever. What does and being an ambassador, like, entail? Represent the community, wear the clothing, just share uh, the love of Lululemon. We have in-store classes and just connecting people because uh, it's the, – the clothing is the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always said that. It's like – the yoga is the vehicle. The skincare is the vehicle. I've got this vehicle to help make a difference in people's lives. <laughs> this is the initial, like, yoga's that connection, but it goes deeper beyond that to getting to know people and caring for people. And that's what I love about Lululemon is just the values of the company. It's not just about the clothes. It's about uh, community building. It's about um, – fair wages for people who are making these clothing it's about making a difference and giving back on a global level Mm -hmm. like that just gave me chills like (laughs) lululemon goes so way beyond like the best yoga leggings ever made yeah i agree um for me i mean when i first started working there i had a bunch of jobs so many different types whether it's engineering cooking everything like that a couple you i was with you when i got my first uh lululemon shirt the first metal vent (laughs) And but came in, Chase, shout out to Chase. He got me plugged Chase, into the system. The man, the love man, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and but going in and then once I got under the hood and I was in learning about what it was. Yeah. Like, oh, before every shift, we're gonna sit and talk to you and just let's hang out. How are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. You know, and having especially the team there, like Holly, Mel, everyone, just they're all so present with you. Yeah. And care about your well-being. Like, I've never been in a company where, it's, sure, we have so much to do and we've got to work here, but, like, this is our squad. Yeah. This is our crew. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a community of people that was, that was my, that's my favorite job I've ever had. And that's I've so had incredible. a lot of jobs. Of, I mean, I met my girlfriend there. Yeah. There you go. It's Lululemon, <laughs> right? Life-changing. It's crazy because, for me, like, the, I was like, I saw Lululemon. I saw something when Lululemon came here. I was like, oh, those clothes on the guys look pretty cool. But I was like, I had never really heard of it. I was like, Lululemon isn't really a guy's clothing brand for me in my head. And I was like, I was. it was so unapproachable for me that I had to ask one of our friends, Lauren McGregor. I was like, will you take me to Lulu? <laughs> so she came with me and brought me to the store. And then like once I was like, I met all the people there, I was like, yeah. oh, I don't want to leave. Like I just yeah. kept coming back. And I, I like learned, I was like, oh, these, this company's really cool. Like they really care. And like – Everything from like how they treat their customers, so it's like if your clothes break, bring them bring them back. Yeah, we'll fix them for you. Send, totally. send them to you. And learning and like, too about the company of the model that they have there of just the way they perpetuate community through it. I don't know how they did it and constructed it, but it's just something that brings so much to people. 
It's like it feels makes people feel good. It encourages people to go work out. It yeah. encourages people to have a community of people who like to do the same thing you like to do. And I think that itself is like solely. I mean, if if you just participate in the Lululemon community, you would be completely happy. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things. Like, I was one of the early adopters in our friend group of Lulu, and like, I literally went in, left with my first like Lulu shirt, and I was like, "Guys, you <laughs> yeah. gotta get in here. You gotta, you gotta try this out." This I know. Is crazy. I'm dying that the store is closed like, right now. Like, every, oh. everything from like when they write your name personally on the like the changing yeah. room stuff like that was like that's so small, so easy so to do, nuanced. and yeah, so nuanced. And all of a sudden, you're like. They care. (laughs) Totally. I think that that's so valuable. Something that's really important to me, just what you said about writing names, is remembering people's names is really important to me. And just saying, like, hey, I see you. Like, you're of importance. Yeah. At the end of the day, I really feel like that's our sole purpose is to connect with others, to lift each other up, to empower others to feel good about themselves because when more people feel good about themselves and take care of themselves, it just creates that momentum. Mm-hmm. And then we can all grow together. And when one whoops, when one person is having a hard day, someone else comes alongside and says, I'm here for you. You're not alone. Like, we're going to get through this together. Tr- you know, two are always stronger than one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, something we've been asking everyone, what is your favorite book you've ever read or one you'd recommend other people read? My favorite book. It can be, we got the tax code one time, so it can <laughs> yeah, be anything. We got the tax code. What did James say? I love uh, Good Night Moon. Good Night Moon. Yeah. Oh, there That's you go. That's <laughs> children's books. <laughs> I've read that in children. I will be honest, though. I, I just got this book, and I have yet to dive in, but it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read it yet, but I've been following her on Instagram and she's uh, a woman. She was a teacher and she left her husband. I don't know the whole story, but mm-hmm. she does have children. I know that she left her husband and married Abby Wombach. Am mm. I saying her last oh, yeah. name wrong? Abby One Wombach. of the top women. She was the, like, the women's national team player, like many years running. Olympic soccer player. And so I'm really excited to dive into that book because I think just what she shares on her social media just completely resonates and speaks to my heart just about being a mom. She's funny. She's like, I'm not saying that every woman should leave their husband and marry an Olympic uh, soccer player, but yeah, you should. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, just the fact that as women, we don't need to be martyrs and to just sacrifice ourselves for our children. Like our children need to see strong mothers and moms who are, taking care of themselves so in turn they can take care of their children and by far being a mom has been one of the most challenging and the biggest blessings of my life it's taught me so much about myself I failed many times but I think just learning from you know failures I mean failures are only just that if we like dwell on them and sit on them but if we can just empower those failures to grow and to create change then they're powerful so i want i feel like that will be my favorite book i just I haven't know. read it yet Midnight moon's a hard one to beat <laughs> <laughs> and peter rabbit oh my gosh i don't know why i'm thinking of children books my dad is an author too really? and yeah he, he has a book called soul shaping that is really phenomenal dr douglas j rumford <laughs> 
And my mom has said, I know, right, Doug? Uh, My mom, her name is Sarah. My mom has said that she thinks that I will write a book. And I actually had someone reach out to me on Instagram the other day and tell me that I should write a book. So I don't know if that's in my future. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. I think I'll write a book at some point in my life. But I think I'll probably pay someone to be like, I'm just going to talk. Can you do that? You can do that. There's that now, yeah. Okay, then that's probably what I would want to do, too. Like, a lot of people who are, like, top dogs now, they got a lot of money, you know, because they haven't been writers. Okay. It's going to kind of hinder their credibility, almost, if they try to write a book, and they're not that good at writing a book, but they're very prestigious in this. Okay. So they'll basically talk to them. Maybe they record it or something like that. That that makes sense. I do, I love to write. Mm -hmm. I do love to write. I just don't know if I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's that's also something. If someone who listens wants to get in touch with you, wants to do a retreat, get like yeah. plan yeah, something, a private plug? event, yeah. what's the plug? What's, what, what's the plug? best way to get to a website? Is Instagram the best way to Let's do it? Let's connect. Yeah. I want to connect with you all. So Instagram is definitely my main main. Just for connections, I would say the dot rooted dot yogi. My email is the rooted yogi three, the number three. That was my soccer number at gmail.com. I do have a website, therootedyogi.com. I will tell you that that's not something that I've been um, superb at keeping up on. I have an awesome gal named Lauren who's helped me with that. I should reach out to her. Uh, yeah. So I would say awesome. either email yeah, so or hit me up on Instagram. And so hum. Women's and retreat. So when is it? Women's When's it going immersion. down? How do we go? Or not us. We can't go. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you are not invited. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so it's in August. I want to make sure that I give you the right dates because. And is this open for people to? Yeah, so we have about 18 spots, and anyone, women of all ages, uh, we have options as far as payment plans go and just different levels depending on if you want to stay in the cabin or you want to stay in a bell tent. Um, And if someone was solo, would they sign up and be paired with someone? Do you get your own space? Are you... Sort of right you it would be communal cool. so we would yeah That's yeah better. good question so it's august 21st through 23rd and yeah if someone wants to learn more about that just reach out hit me up and i'm open to yeah i i teach privates i teach corporate yoga i teach events like let's just do it anything everything yoga right here if you've heard of strengths finder are you guys familiar? Strengths Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath gives you your top five strengths. I thought you had to do that for Cal Poly. You don't? Oh, oh Strength Finder. Yeah. I can't say For some reason, I thought you were that. saying Strains Finder. I was like, are you talking about marijuana? I, <laughs> I don't know how to say. I can't say strengths or uh-huh. br- breaths. <laughs> like, take wow. five breaths. breaths. I say breath cycles because it sounds like I'm saying breaths. <laughs> Okay, anyways, my number one, ideation. So I come up with the ideas, but guess what my number two is? Activator. So I come up with ideas, and then I go do the things. Yeah, what is mine? Mine, oh, what is it? It's on my it's on my, uh, it's on my LinkedIn, if you guys want to check that out. Um, I'm like a, a futuristic, um, innovator, thinker, and 
leader or something like that. Um, nice. The good ones for the they were good ones for uh, LinkedIn and my resume. I was like, I didn't I didn't choose these. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I've also got individualism, strategic and responsibility. Mm-hmm. So like, let's make things happen. Let's get the right people and all of that dialed in, let's and like, let's this. follow through on it. So mm-hmm. I gotta do this test. No, yeah, it's good. Just check it out. It's it's really. I think it's so empowering to know what you're strong at because it's easy for us to go to like, well, I'm not good at this or I suck at this. But when you know Mm -hmm. what you're good at, you can really focus on those things. And then the things that you might need help with, you find people to help you with those things. Mm -hmm. So even going back to social media, if you want to grow a brand and you want to grow a business, but you don't like social media, find someone to do it for you. Trade out. Like, it is a world of know, abundance. It is know? a world of abundance. Like, focus on what you're good at and then find other people to work alongside you that can help you do the things that you need help with. That was something interesting you said about the abundance and we're in a world of abundance now because of the internet and yeah. because of everything. It used to be like someone, if you have this idea, it was like, keep it quiet. Nobody can hear about yeah. this. But now it's all about collaboration and pretty much realizing that like, the three of us would be better than just one of us alone. Mm-hmm. You know, having three minds. We rise together. Exactly. We rise together. And it's going to be large, more longevity the better base you have of, obviously, a Justice League of people. Totally. Um, and I, I, think, I think it can hurt people when they don't have that kind of mindset. But no judgment. I mean, everyone's different. And yeah. every industry might have their differences. But I, that's just where I come from. Mm-hmm. Is like... Yeah, there's other amazing yoga teachers in town. There's other amazing people hosting and leading events. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of your social media thing, it's interesting because someone who truly spends a lot of time on social media just for whatever reason they choose to spend mm-hmm. it on, it's like like you've built a following on on Instagram. It's like you have inadvertently become something that's really needed for a lot of businesses. You're, you're a social media specialist. And like, there's so many businesses realizing now it's like, oh, the pe- the way to reach people, social media, a fun, yeah. a fun like connection mm-hmm. with social media. It's like companies are killing for that. Like, if anyone out there needs help, holla. Like, Seriously. I'm down like, that's to, another job or job you know, line just, that you can follow. Yeah, like hire me by the hour or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> for hire. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Welcome to Craigslist Slow Pot. <laughs> <laughs> got you covered well my my joke is because uh yeah as well you may know nautical bean is in my family mm-hmm. i still drink the coffee and eat the food and support brett 100 in that business but Betty bean turbo is my favorite coffee we'll keep in you caffeinated and looking good with the skincare and fit and fine with your body with yoga mind body soul spirit all is one mm-hmm. i've actually last week uh, since I got a job, you know, I've been kind of like, I can afford a burrito now. Nice. And so I've, I think I went there every single day for breakfast last you week did. To, pick up, to pick up the same thing, the breakfast burrito. So <laughs> Thank good. you for helping send our children to college if that's where they want to go. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. No. Perfect. There you go. You can make yourself burritos, feel better <laughs> by knowing that you're supporting a greater cause yeah, um, than just your appetite. Also an interesting thing about nautical being on the one on the social Valley road, there's a skateboard in there. Yeah, that uh, was Brad Edwards. Okay, which my dad grew up with him. And really, used to skate with him all the time. Yeah, That's sick. which is kind of like a crazy small world. We were in there once, and yeah. we looked at the boards, and my dad was like, "You remember him?" Because I, I remember I met him once when I was younger. But wow, he was like a 
uh, skateboarder for Gravity, and like he went the full route that way. That's amazing. Small world. Yeah. Well, Brett collects skateboards, and yeah, he'd be a good one to talk to too. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, Sweet. yeah, Allison, episode four. Yeah, yeah. Wrapping so it much up, for, my for complete pleasure. It's been so fun just getting to know you two better and. Just being a part of this, I feel very blessed and honored. Yeah, thanks Thank for coming you. on. We've had yeah. a good time. It was super fun. Thank you again. Yeah. This is Slowpod. What is up, San Luis Obispo? We are officially All Systems Go on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Slow Pod. We are now also available on iTunes Podcasts and the Google Play Store under Slow Podcast. And if you really love what we're doing here, you can support us at Patreon for one-time or monthly donations and Anchor for monthly donations. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We look forward to giving you more great content.